Hey, Ding Dongs, welcome back to The Good Play, a podcast normally about NBC's The Good Place. My name is Brianna, and with me on the line, it's Miss Chenandler Bong, my sister Marissa. I think that's supposed to be, like, a funny thing. (laughs) The fact that it's not, the fact that his name is misspelled and his gender is incorrect. Like, that's comedy. So what if I called you Mr. Mr. Brian Rietta? I mean, Chenandler is kind of a funny thing to say. Sure. So maybe that's... And the, maybe bongs are bong. a drug reference. Sure. And girls uh, are funny. There you go. Well, uh, this show. Anyway, um, so <laughs> if you couldn't tell from our <laughs> oh, reference yeah. above... While The Good Place is on hiatus, we're looking at other shows that are related to The Good Place in some way. So in August, our last episode, we kind of had like a reckoning where I was like, can we please not do fan fiction? And um, so we came up with, or Marissa came up with the idea to do other NBC shows that aired on Thursday nights, apparently. Yes. I mean, it's been, it it has a storied history, right? Must-see TV. A lot of the Mm -hmm. greatest sitcoms of all time aired on Thursday nights and some of the greatest dramas as well. And so we are calling this Thursdays of Future Past. I can't take credit for that. That's all, Marissa. And so, uh, which is, we're watching, you know, older shows from from NBC's past. And this week we watched Friends, which is available on Netflix. Um, before we get into... Yeah, availability on Netflix was a major, major factor in this month's choice of topic. Yeah, we were like, like, what can we do where I don't have to spend... Although it's a shame because we could have done 30 Rock and Seinfeld had we done this podcast like a year ago. Yep. But we missed the boat on that one. But before we get into the recap and all of our discussion, uh, just a little housekeeping up front. You can find us on iTunes, Google Play, and at goodplay.cast.rocks. Please rate and review us on iTunes. That would be lovely. Oh, as an aside, I did listen to the first episode of the Real Good Place podcast. Oh, are you going to be my correspondent? Potentially. It was a little (laughs) bit like, you know, watching the girl who you kind of like instagram stock who's better than you at everything and like is this are we have we fallen into the world of nosedive is this am i becoming what's her name bryce dallas howard bryce i was gonna say brie larson that's how out of it i am but if you could rate and review us on itunes that would be lovely and you can also follow and like us on facebook we have a group the good play twitter at the good play pod and you can send us an email at thegoodplaypod at gmail.com so where to begin this show was on for 10 seasons everyone (laughs) i want to i want to do some historical history let's let's historicity let's do it this when did the first episode of friends air i command you to find this information i'm looking it up right now 1994 okay so they've been like september 94 right uh yes the 22nd of september yeah september of 1995 a very well i wasn't never that small but a a bright-eyed and bushy-tailed young marissa began middle school which are the worst years 
of any child's life. <laughs> Unless true, true fact. something truly traumatic happens to them in real life, middle school is the worst years of your life. I so, know, that movie Eighth Grade by Bo Burnham, everyone's like, you should see Eighth Grade. I'm like, I lived through Eighth Grade. I'm never going back. You can't make me. <laughs> It's pretty much how I've been thinking about it. Glenn Weldon yeah. of NPR said he watched the entire thing through his fingers. So, oh, yep. no, anyway, <laughs> yep. So, bring yourself, listener, if you will, to 1995. Bring yourself into middle school. You are you're you are one of three or four feeder elementary schools into the middle school. So you're surrounded by people you don't know. All of a sudden, you're surrounded by people who have entered puberty for the first time. <laughs> You have not really entered puberty yet. Not really. You're still like six feet tall. (laughs) Yeah, I was always the tallest girl. That's true. And all of the girls who are anybody, all they can talk about is friends. Friends, 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 friends. I never knew this about your experience. Oh my God. It was... (laughs) And then it came back to bite me later because it, Friends actually became huge in England like several years after it was big here. Like as soon as they hit the syndication point, which I think is 100 episodes, um, it started going. So that's like five seasons, right? It started going overseas and it became huge in England like right at the time that I had my um, time abroad in my senior year of high school. Like I would go to I went to England and people were like, well, have, like what's happening on Friends? And I'm like, I don't know what <laughs> don't know. No, you're not a true american if you don't know what's going on with the ross I, and I rachel really think, yeah i really think that they thought that so yeah. friends has been a bee in my bonnet since i was 11 years old and i didn't watch it then and i resent having had to watch it now <laughs> i know this was my idea i am <laughs> copying to that well we had to find be, something I... that we could watch on netflix <laughs> so yeah I also, I also was, when we were texting about this earlier this week, I was like, I don't want to do friends, but like, I guess we might have to. And then I remembered that in season one of The Good Place, Michael says that he watches all 10 seasons of Friends in order to understand what it's like to have human friends. And they make a bunch of Friends references. So I thought it would at least be somewhat thematic. Somewhat thematic, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, Another thing is that my is that in chorus we had to sing the theme from Friends. That was a, another big thing. I had no thing. idea that this was your like harrowing <laughs> experience with Friends. <laughs> my, I think the thing that all the girls who were anybody in my adolescence were watching was the OC, which I oh with a character cared. named Marissa. Yes, didn't she kill people or get killed or something? I don't. Oh, I never. Who cares? I know. Show. Who cares? So there was that one. There, I I will admit, Imogen Heap made it big because she got included in that show. Ooh, and Imogen Heap is yes. yes. Oh, <laughs> Imogen Heap is amazing. So yes, that's one good thing that the OC brought to America. And then SNL parried parodied that. Yeah, that was pretty great too. <laughs> so yeah, so I thought this was thematic at least. But neither of us ever could... watched it, right? I mean, I have a passing knowledge of it and whoever. Sure, I mean is, it's cultural but, osmosis, right? But I'm not, I'm not like a Friends historian. I don't. I had probably seen like a handful of episodes that I kind of just caught on cable or something, and yeah. I kind of knew like, oh, like 
Joey wears maternity pants so he can eat more turkey. You know, like, I just kind of know those things. <laughs> Is that a real that's thing? A, that's a real thing. Yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, yeah. Do you want to get into the recaps or do you want to discuss why do people like this show? <laughs> we, let's do the recaps first and save that discussion. Yeah. Although, I oh, why, don't just... you, why don't you say which episodes we watched? Oh, yeah. So the so one thing I actually do kind of like is that every episode is the one with blah, blah, blah. So we watched season two, episode 14, the one with the prom video, which I had seen some of this episode before, but not the full thing. And then hmm. we watched episode four, season 12, the one with the embryos. I had seen a little bit of this one. I think that the I think clips of the trivia contest are pretty common to use in like best of reels or something oh okay i'm just reading some of your notes now actually i hadn't looked at them before this should be fun so do you want to do should i do recaps i can do do. i mean i'll 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 try to be you know sort of parsimonious with my language i don't think i need to get into every twist and turn so there's three main plots happening in this episode there's one plot where Joey, who finally is making some money, I think he's like on a soap opera or something. So he finally has some money. So he gives Chandler kind of a wad of cash and then an ugly gold bracelet that has best buds engraved on it. And that plot through the episode, Chandler bitches and moans about this gold bracelet. Joey overhears him. It kind of turns into Guy de Maupassant's The Necklace because he... <laughs> loses it and then he buys a new one even though he didn't want it he said it was four or five hundred dollars or something which is nuts to me just buy a gold-plated thing and then he finds the first one and then he gives the second one to joey and be like look now we're bracelet buddies and that's and joey is so stupid that joey's like oh great now i forgive you and that's that plot that's the easiest (laughs) that's the simplest plot (laughs) yep you you got it yep the next simplest plot is that Ross is uh, a creepy stalker. Oh my god! And just <laughs> the worst. This I know. did not age uh, well, everyone. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm imagine. I'm like writing it out with no emojis in no. my head. <laughs> so I think that he and Rachel, what happened? They kissed or something, or they went out, or. It's not clear to me, like, what actually happened. Rachel makes some reference to, like, first I fell for you and I got clobbered and then you fell for me and I got clobbered. I'm done with being clobbered. Like, what does that mean? They haven't slept together yet because that happens in season four, which I know from the Netflix summaries. So, like, I don't know what actually happened, but, <sighs> like, uh, they have some, th- they, they, Ross thinks that they should be in a relationship She's instead getting courted by some random dude. He box blocks her, as we like to say, which is the yes. uh, feminine feminine version of uh, the, the other kind, kind the of other blocking. kind of blocking. Uh, <laughs> um, he like drives off this guy by being a complete lying scumbag, and Rachel's just like, you know, we are never ever ever getting back together. And then at the end, she does kiss him. Which well, was so, so gross. Which was so gross. I had to put my phone down. <laughs> I just she, like held it away from my face, and I was like, "No, I'm not watching this." <laughs> so she 
this is kind of where this dovetails. So the Chandler. Well, and so that's what Joey... I was gonna. I was gonna. Yeah. yeah, I was gonna go into the the the, the main, the really the main plot of this okay. episode. I will let you do that then. Which is that Monica got fired from her. She's Monica's a chef. She got fired from her last job. She tries to apply for a new job and she gets sexually harassed. <sighs> she slowly gets sexually harassed over the course of minutes and the audience is laughing their buttocks off. Is this a laugh every... track or real people? Oh, good question. Um, I have no idea. <laughs> no idea. So, you know... So, who cares if the audience exists or doesn't? The the imagined audience is laughing yeah. their buttocks off at this like slow motion sexual harassment car crash. So she smartly like leaves and but then she doesn't have a job, which is the reality of life for people who are survivors of sexual harassment, but the show doesn't seem to want to like engage with that at all. And so she is strapped for cash. Ross, who of course is Monica's brother, Ross is like, hey, like, you know, let's get our parents over and you can borrow some money from them. So he, Monica and Ross's parents come to Monica's apartment. Their their dad is Elliot Gould. Yeah, it's real weird. <laughs> he does not act well at all. I was like, I mean, I don't even usually notice acting unless it's really bad. And I was like, this is really bad. <laughs> so... She wants to ask for a loan from them, but they're just like, oh, you've been putting money into your savings account. Just eat through your savings. Okay, bye. Like, thanks, mom and dad. They're they're clearly, they if they had to part with some money, it would not hurt them, right? So yeah. it's it's not great. But they also leave some boxes of stuff at her place saying that they're turning her room into a gym. It's very clear that they favor Ross over Monica. And it's like, we're turning your room into a gym because Ross's room is just so full of like, trophies and stuff that we couldn't possibly put a gym in there like ross is like the older one and the and the boy so obviously he's even though he's a barely functional human being and monica is a pleasant (laughs) wonderful person for the most part (laughs) she's 11 different kinds of towels as we find out in the next episode yeah she's 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 damaged i'm not gonna lie but like (laughs) If you were like, hey, you either have to spend an hour sitting next to on the train, Monica or Ross, like, who would pick Ross? <laughs> no, but maybe a five-year-old boy who really wants to be lectured at about dinosaurs. So... Yeah, he does have dinosaurs going for him. That's about it. Yeah. He also has a kid who we never see. I mean, you see him once in a blue moon. Yeah. Which, yeah, is definitely how fatherhood works. So Monica ends up borrowing the money from Ross instead, which is fine, and then they start going through the box of stuff that was left behind. And one of the things is the prom video. Okay. This prom video includes several hate crimes against my people. Yeah, okay? I thought multiple, about <laughs> Multiple identities of mine are hate crimes against in this video. So first we have uh, Rachel of Future Past. Uh you know, at the age of 17 or whatever. And she has this very clearly Jewish nose. And is Rachel her name supposed to be is... Jewish? She's supposed to be a crypto Jew. Yes. What's it's like, never. Oh, it's what the, in Spain, when you were hiding from the Inquisition and, oh. and so you were secretly Jewish. So they just don't talk crypt- about it. Right. So she, if you like Google is Rachel Jewish. It's like, yeah, we intended her to be Jewish. You know, the way JK Rowling intended Dumbledore to be gay. She just never, 
talked about it. But her name sure. is Rachel Green, and she's best friends with Monica and Ross Geller, who are, like, openly, I think they're openly half-Jewish or something. Mm-hmm. But it's like, ha, 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 look at her funny nose. And Rachel, who now looks like the most, I mean, she's Jennifer Aniston, right? She looks like the most goyish a girl you can imagine in New York City is like, yeah, I had to have it fixed because my TV had septum. And it's like, obviously a lie. Strike one. Strike two. Out of the kitchen. The kitchen. The kitchen. Comes. Ha ha ha. Everybody gear up for the laugh track. Fat Monica. Ha ha. Yeah. Ha 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 ha. Not only is she fat, which, I mean, it's such a lousy fat suit. And it's like they can't even make her kind of normal husky the way like a teenager might be. She's like hilariously roly-poly. She's and also, also uh, the actress, Courtney Cox, is like, I'm going to just say like dangerously thin. In, I was in going real to life. say, and we don't like, again, like it, it's so hard to make these judgments based on, you know, this fabricated version of reality that television shows us. But I kept looking at Courtney, even even in the first half of this episode where I didn't necessarily know it was coming, I kept looking at Courtney Cox, like, at her torso and being like, geez, is she okay? Like, she's concave. Like, it's yeah. very, it's, it, it's, it's, it's alarming, quite frankly. And maybe she was totally healthy and that's just, like, the way she's built. But then to put her in a fat suit is like that that's a that's a choice. And then yeah. but strike two, at every moment in this video that she appears on screen, she is eating something. <laughs> every moment. She's got like she's in her prom gown. She's got like a freaking She's eating like a turkey ham club. and she Yes, exactly. <laughs> what? Yeah, it and is then the she bonkers. hugs her best friend. With the sandwich in her hand and is like, sorry, I got some mayonnaise on you. Are you for real? Like, it's just, (laughs) what? Look, I am fat. I have been various shades of fat since the age of uh, 14, 15, 16, something like that. You know, uh, different shapes and sizes, but all of them on the fatter side. I don't comically go around like wimpy from Popeye, just eating sandwich all the time like maybe you're missing out (laughs) (laughs) i'm a vegetarian i don't even want this stuff like most fat people are not stuffing their face 24 7 365 like maybe this is a revelation to people as thin as courtney cox is (laughs) but like most fat people just like eat a normal amount of food and are fat because we have a metabolism or we have this, that, the other thing, whatever, right? So, like, and it was just, it was just, always had another, and then at one point her dad's like, hey, honey, come dance with me, you know, before you go off to your prom. And she's like, I'm hungry. Blah. <laughs> like some sort of horrible monster. Yeah, that was not great. That was so great. upsetting. <sighs> anyway, I really derailed there. I should explain. No, but like, what that's, I- po- that's actually one of the, a lot of stuff I think that maybe necessarily didn't age very well (laughs) that certainly being one of Mm. them Um, and then the so the other part of this prom video we should say yeah yeah you please um, explain yeah is is that Ross is home from college Ross is home from college and he looks like a like ridiculous child molester (laughs) he looks ridiculous 
porn star? <laughs> yes. Uh, someone who like lost a, a Tom Selleck lookalike competition? <laughs> he has, like, a fake mustache and, like, curly, curly hair and just... Is, is wearing, like, the button-down of, like, you know, the IT person at your office who hasn't gotten a new wardrobe in 15 years? I don't know, but... Oh, my God, I... I could tell you stories. Yeah. So he is home from college and he like tells Rachel that she looks really nice. And she's like, oh, can you just check? Because like, you know, her dress, it's whatever the 80s. So the dress is like really big and poofy. And so he's like checking something for her. But he's like, and also, by the way, I'm editorializing here and I'm going to go off on a tangent and say like, hey, mom and dad, like maybe don't. Why are they recording everything embarrassing and weird? Why not just be like, let's take some photos before you all go to the prom? I don't understand. I mean, I understand it it needed to be there for the plot, but like they were choosing to record a lot of really weird nonsense. Coming from a family that has like years worth of holiday footage where like our dad can't quite get the angle (laughs) right or whatever. Yeah, he would just put the camera down. He'd just be taping the floor for a while. He would just put the camera down while he was opening a present and we'd be like, dad, is anybody filming? He'd be like, oh, right. Hmm, Yes, of course. But like (laughs) he wouldn't, if we were videotaping a family gathering, like wouldn't videotape like everyone getting, putting their coats in the closet, which is essentially what this is. They're arriving at the house. But anyway, so Ross is kind of like having an awkward interaction with Rachel a little weirder still if you think about the fact that Ross is in college at this point and they're still I was thinking about that. I was like, no, no college boy creeping on a high school girl. No, 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 no. And now, so her date almost doesn't show. And instead of saying to Rachel, like, so I'm, again, I'm editorializing here, but instead of saying to Rachel, hey, how about, like, what do you think if Ross were to go with you instead? His dad goes up to him and is like, now's your chance. Like, you can really impress her. Like, go put on my tux. So he gets ready and comes down the stairs and turns out that her date was just late. And so they all leave. And Ross is, like, sitting there at the top of the stairs, like, really dejected because he didn't get to go to senior prom with a girl who didn't ask him to go with her. And that is the thing. And apparently nobody knew this story. So Ross, so we're watching this videotape, but we're also watching everybody watch it. All the friends watch it. And Ross is kind of like, I'm not going to watch this. Like, you guys can watch it, but I'm not going to. And he's, like, moving to leave or leave the room when this happens. And everybody kind of looks at him. And it's very apparent that, like, that never came up again, apparently. (laughs) And then Rachel is so, for some reason, so moved by this that even though earlier in the episode, he's being very, like, creepily possessive of her, even though they're not together She's so moved by this that she goes and she kisses him, and that's the end of the episode. Another editorializing, and then we'll get into the summary of the second episode. It's pretty pathetic that, like, all these people knew each other in high school, and they can't stop, like, dating each other and living with each other. (laughs) Like... What's this? Branch out! Yeah. 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 For sure. I mean, some some of it is branching out, right? Because, like... Only Monica and Ross and Rachel have that relationship going back that far, but you're right. No, like, that's not that's not true. In the in oh, the really? in the trivia episode, Ross says our grandmother died when we were in high school, and both of you came to the funeral. Oh, I didn't realize you said it in high school. I okay, so mm, yeah, they I thought all need so, to... I thought so. I thought so. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. I thought that's what they said. 
meet some more people, everyone. That's that's I end up feeling like that way about like a lot of sitcoms, but this one is particularly like meet some more people, <laughs> everyone in this room. Episode number two. Yes, the one with the embryos. This one has two plots. Mm-hmm. The A plot, weirdly, <laughs> it's weird how, how these are sort of uh, primary, primarized and secondarized. The A plot is about a dumb trivia competition. The oh B God, plot the is about... The B plot is about a woman becoming a surrogate mother for her brother and her brother's wife. And that's Phoebe. Mm-hmm. And her brother is played by Giovanni Rabisi, who... I'm going to say this as gently as I can. I don't know if that's how he just sounds or if he is trying to play a character who is not mentally all there, but I found it disturbing. Okay, June. I don't know. <laughs> I Like, he's about to become a father. Great, whatever. Anyway. So, oh yeah, spoiler. He's about to become a father. <laughs> spoiler for this episode. And he's married to the woman who plays Mrs. Foreman on That 70s Show. Who's a delight. Yeah, she's, she's great. She was in a short film I watched once and she was spectacular. So the A plot. Chandler and Joey, who live in the apartment across the hall, have a chicken for some reason. They also have a duck. Mm-hmm. And not totally sure where these birds are pooping, but it's fine. I was going to say, by the way, having lived in New York for almost eight years, I can tell you that like... This is, it's, don't, nobody has livestock in their New York apartment. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know. Oh, we haven't mentioned yet, by the way, that we keep seeing the World Trade Center in like every cutaway shot. I put that in the notes, actually. (laughs) It is like someone just reaching over and pinching you in the heart every few (laughs) minutes. Yeah. So, so they hear this rooster crowing in the morning and Rachel and Monica storm over to the boys apartment. Rachel's real mad. I'm totally with her. If a rooster woke me up, I would be livid. And somehow you write somehow in the notes and, and yes, I'm also not clear. They kind of come over to the girl's apartment and they are saying how much better they know the girls than the girls know them. And it turns into a bet for money and Ross makes up the questions and they're like funny-ish questions with funny-ish answers. You know, I don't remember any of them and I don't care to. But they they That's where Miss Chenandler Bong comes in. Yeah. They tie on like the main section and then they have a lightning round. And they decide to up the stakes for the lightning round to... They get to switch apart. They, they, the girls will switch apartments if the boys win. And if the girls win, the boys have to get rid of the duck and the chicken. Which, by the way, we don't see. They, they end up switching apartments. We don't see the duck and the chicken moving into the new apartment. <laughs> it's like, where are they? That's a great Whatever. question. So they, they whiff on this kind of like funny meta thing, which is that they ask the girls what Chandler's job is. And like... The rest of the friends have these very, like, Richard Scary book kind of jobs, right? Ross is a paleontologist. Rachel is a waitress. And Monica is a chef. And Phoebe is a drifter. And (laughs) Joey is an actor. And nobody knows what Chandler does. Nobody ever knows what Chandler does. Like, it's never clear. He just has, like, a corporate job. And that's what they say, basically. They're like, oh, he carries a briefcase or whatever. And so they end up losing. 
then, you know, the boys are like, great, we get to have your apartment. And Rachel is very much not into it. And I'm with her, honestly. Like, what a dumb bet. And no, you don't get to have my apartment. And but also, by the- if, if Monica says, trust me, I know them so super well. And like, I'm not gonna, you know, she's basically like, yeah, let's wager our living place. Like, what's the worst that could happen? We're totally gonna win. I'd be, if I, that's the point at which you say, absolutely not. It's the point at which you say, also, no, no, this no. isn't legally blinding. Also, also, everyone talks about, oh, how did they afford this beautiful apartment? It's Monica's grandmother's apartment. She's, it's rent controlled. She's illegally subletting it. Oh, is that it? Yes. So you, so, which I only so know because I can't that. believe I read the stupid friends wikia. So. But like, that's a real reason. People really do that. Oh, absolutely. It's a, it's a great in-universe explanation for this big, beautiful set. But then you can't just let these random dudes move in. You are illegally yeah, you subletting your grandmother's... You would for sure lose the apartment. I mean, it's just so stupid on so many levels. But the boys are so horribly smug and just awful winners. And they move in and they're like so... Ha- they're so proud of themselves. And they're just like, Ugh, And the girls are like freaked out at this horrible old apartment. By the way, let me close the loop on this plot in a way that's going to horrify you. Uh-oh. The apartments remain swapped for a period of time... Until the girls get them to swap back by, wait for it, making out with each other for a full minute. You can't see my face, but I think you know what it looks like. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> what? Yup. Yup. <sighs> yup. Faux no. lesbianism for straight male enjoyment. The plot point we all love to hate. So the B plot is this actually really beautiful touching tale of a woman sort of exercising her fertility in service of her siblings ability to parent which i think is like a really lovely and worthwhile thing to do if you can do it and it's all this stuff about how well they're going to implant five embryos and there's only 25 percent chance that one of them's going to take and giovanni rubisi and uh eric's mom are (laughs) (laughs) are just like look this costs 16 grand and this is our one shot so like phoebe gives the embryos like a little pep talk i thought that was very sweet actually it was super sweet and then she has them implanted she goes back to the girl's apartment and she's kind of like lying upside down to try to kind of help them implant. she takes a pregnancy test comes back negative but then her brother brings her a new one and she comes out and it's positive so now so of course like the real thing is that lisa kudrow was pregnant and so they had to write this into the show oh in real life Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, Lisa Kudrow was pregnant in in The Sims, where she spent most of her time. <laughs> so they had to write in this pregnancy subplot for her. Uh, I think she ends up having triplets in the show. Yeah, that's right, triplets. Yeah, a lot of babies on the show that we like barely ever see. Well, yeah. I mean, she gets to gets to quote unquote gets to like give them up to her brother and yeah sister in law. I think she toys with keeping one of them and her brother and sister-in-law are like, no, <laughs> no, yeah. that's, no, that's I not think happening. She, if I remember, she just has some complicated feelings about carrying the the babies and then having to give them away, which I think is a really natural thing. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So that's that episode, really. I mean, that's kind of it. Yeah, I mean, what I had a problem with... So there's another show that I liked a lot more 
How I Met Your Mother that is kind of in the same style of like a bunch of friends and they all sort of date each other or whatever and they get into these like wacky scrapes or whatever. But there, it's a lot more. It's because it's a more modern show. I think it's more progressive, and I I also think it happens to be like a lot wackier and a lot funnier. But they have moments like this too, where something so super stupid is going on, and then something really big happens, and everybody rallies. Right, like people are fighting with each other, or there's like some kind of sniping going on, and then one of them says, "Oh my gosh, guys, this just happened," and they all sort of forget the pettiness and like rally around this one person. So that was sort of the end of this episode, but then you completely undercut that by then cutting to this apartment swap. Like everybody. So like Ross and, or not Ross, um, Rachel and Courtney Cox are like yelling at the boys. Like you can't take our apartment. The boys are like, we won fair and square, blah, 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 blah. And they're all like sniping at each other. And then Phoebe comes out and she's like, you guys, you know, they're going to be parents. Like, I'm pregnant. And everyone's like, oh my gosh. And they all do like this big group hug. And I was like, okay, that might be like a nice way to show we're sniping each other, but this is the really important thing. And we're here for each other in this moment. And then it's immediately undercut by the stinger, which is the apartment swap, in my opinion. It's like, can't you just have that like nice moment? And then... That's it. No, it has to be like you could. The we singer nice could be like Phoebe reading a baby name book and just picking out ridiculous names like Fern Gully and Ambrosia <laughs> or something, <laughs> right? Because she's like a hippy dippy, or writing a song, right? So earlier in the episode, when she's lying upside down, she she's writing a funny song to like help the the embryos implant. You know, she's yeah, like it's like, to give hey there, talk. fetus, are you going to come and meet us or something? Yeah, yeah it was cute. It's cu- but it's cute. Like, she could be writing, like, the second verse of that song for them, right? But instead... Okay, let's do some, let's do some real talk about Lisa Kudrow. Just let's let's get into discussion okay. real talk about okay. Lisa Kudrow. Okay, okay. Lisa Kudrow is actually this, like, wildly talented comedian who was, like, out there with Kathy Griffin in, like, Second City in Chicago, you know... They would have these shows where they knew somebody from NBC was in the audience and they would always be trying to um, trying to get a sitcom, but but not like friends. I mean, the way that like the Cosby show was a show was a vehicle for Bill Cosby. It's like, hey, give me my my vehicle or put me on Saturday Night Live, you know? Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So Lisa Kudrow was in Second City like busting her butt trying to make it and this is what she ended up on and i have to say that like i don't know if i'm i think this show probably wasted lisa kudrow like a lot like she's just kind of this addled weirdo and she gets some good lines yeah but i think that she has the potential to be a lot more than sort of like the hippy dippy I mean, really, she was a, if you can put the friends on tiers, she was like the third tier friend, right? Mm-hmm. Like Ross and Rachel up at the top and then Monica and Chandler and then like Joey and Phoebe are down at the bottom, which like, I hate to say yeah. that, but it's kind of true. And I just, I think it did her a disservice because I think of all of the people on that cast, she far and away had the most comedy chops. Yeah, I mean, Second City, at- Second City is a shark tank. I mean, you do not last in Second City unless you are ridiculously talented. Yeah, and she's had some post-Friends kind of 
appearances or successes or something, but like it, it doesn't reach the level that you would hope it would, you know, you want her to kind of have a career like a lot of the post SNL people do um, like, you know, like a Seth Meyers or something like that mm-hmm. um, or a Tina Fey. She wa- I really liked her in uh, Easy A. I thought she was very good in that movie. But Oh, I still want to see that. Oh, it's really good. I, I liked it a lot. That was much more a vehicle for Emma Stone, but like Lisa Kudrow plays a pretty complicated lady, but fun. She, like She makes the best of the role. But yeah, I mean, I was actually thinking about the post-Friends career for all of these people as I was mm. watching. And I was like... Well, Jennifer Aniston is Jennifer Aniston. We still know. Yeah, who she, she doesn't is. do much anymore, right? She does a lot of commercials for like fortifying creams, which I think <laughs> is like if you reach a certain point, you're like, I need ten thousand dollars for a day's work. <laughs> what can I do? Fortifying creams, cool. But she's, I mean, yeah, it's but like she's that. Like a it's like that. Name. It's like Andy McDowell. <laughs> yes, it is. But she's a household name. Matt LeBlanc actually LeBlanc. Who cares? LeBlanc. That's Joey, right? Yes. He's on a show called Episodes. I don't know if that's still on. But he has, If I never so see has, his face again, I will not feel impoverished. Yeah, he's on a show, or he was on a show called oh, Episodes. Yeah, 2011 to 2017. I think it's about... Oh, he's portraying a satirical version of himself. So it's kind of like Curb Your Enthusiasm. Which, like, I don't oh, know how oh, he dear. got that show and... Somebody like Lucy Kudrow didn't. And then what's Chandler's name in real life? Matt Albee. Nope. That's his character on Studio 60. <laughs> yeah. So that's what I was going to say. Matthew Perry. So Matthew Perry yes. almost had this kind of like second life, second, you know, sort of more dramatic life after Friends on Sorkin properties. So like he was on <laughs> late season West Wing. Oh, I forgot about was, that. Yeah, and he was also on the very short-lived, for good reason, Studio 60. <laughs> God, we gotta do that at some point. No, we definitely don't. <laughs> um, but I thought for for all of the... Wait, was it on Thursday nights? Oh, sweet Jesus, was it? <laughs> I feel probably, it probably was. <laughs> but he, you know, for all of the ridiculousness surrounding that show he did a very good job acting on it like yeah he was a and good, then he, yeah and you know what he happened was a good then, actor right? what no i don't he he fell into a massive drug spiral i didn't know that you need to read more people magazine apparently i was at the doctor's office today i should have taken a time machine back to whatever 2010 <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he had massive, 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 massive addiction issues, and like, oh, okay, Maybe I that's am not why standing in judgment. Along. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I'm not standing in judgment of anyone with addiction issues, but that is why he fell off the radar. I, I think okay. if he didn't have them, he may have had the best post friends career of any of them by like a huge margin. But yeah. he, um, he had to go into rehab a bunch of times. So, so when. So he had a recent show, uh, I don't know which network it was on, it was one of the networks though, about sort of a guy in rehab, I think, or in a 12-step program or something. I watched that. He was very good in that too. Yeah. I mean, he's a, he can be wicked charming when he wants to be. Yeah. He, he, I don't know if I'm thinking of the same one you are, but he had a, 
a show about someone who's in like grief therapy because his wife had passed away. So oh, it's like I guess a group that's it. Therapy. I think it was called Go On. It was. It was yeah, actually very. Right. It, it was. It was compelling. I liked him in it. I thought he was good in it. Sounds like he's been in a couple other things since then. A few other things since then. But that's a that's a shame. I didn't realize that. Because I was also I was then thinking about like Courtney Cox and Ross. Man, yeah, what happened? <laughs> so like Courtney Cox, my only knowledge of her post friend's career is like the Scream movies. All of the Scream movies. Where she plays a weather no, she plays a reporter named like Gail Tornado or something. That's, oh, you know and she what was she married. Was on? Wasn't she? Isn't she on Cougar Town? Yes, Cougarton Abbey, as we like to call it. Those of us in the <laughs> community fan base. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that was her thing, right? Was was Cougar Town? I mean, she was married to yeah. David Arquette, and then she wasn't, and uh, that's that, pretty much. The gong have we show. touched on all? Oh, we David Schwimmer. Yeah, David Schwimmer I, remains. Is he even worth it? He, he apparently did a very good job in that OJ miniseries. Oh, right. Made, he made was, in America. Um, he was... He was um, the Kardashian, Kardashian guy. Yeah. Well, good for you. <laughs> <laughs> but oh, none of them... Oh, sort... Madagascar movies. Okay. So... He's the giraffe. <laughs> Certainly none of them sort of followed the trajectory up from friends right yeah i think that actually i i actually don't think that that's necessarily like i think if you're in a role that's that iconic for that long that's a show that ran for 10 years and probably gave them a lot of constraints as as to like what else they could go out for based on like filming and that kind of stuff if you're in a role for that long, I think it's probably hard for people to see you as anything other than that. Uh, Ted Danson did okay for himself. That's true. I mean, maybe some of these people will have like a later career renaissance because I don't I don't remember if Ted Danson went directly from Cheers to some other like totally star making turn on something else or whether it was Pontiac like, yeah. Moon. Oh, yep, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Stop the presses, everyone. Pontiac Moon. How could I forget? Uh, you had a topic for discussion in here that I think is worth tackling, which is why do people love this show? Why, question mark, everyone? Question mark, question I don't mark. know the answer. It's hard because, like I said, I really loved How I Met Your Mother, and a lot of people would equate the two shows. I can see structurally there are some real similarities, but I don't know, man. I just found How I Met Your Mother, I found the characters much more interesting. It was a wackier show. And it had kind of interesting premise of this was all, you know, he was telling the story of, I mean, How I Met Your Mother, right? He was telling his kids, like, you knew that all of these things were sort of leading somewhere, or you hoped they were anyway. Depends on who you ask. Like, but... Every story has a lesson or every show would kind of get wrapped up and you would, and all the characters, they, there were some really like much more wacky adventures. I mean, maybe friends got wacky too, but it just was so. I think it did. But these episodes maybe, so maybe these just like weren't a good representative example, but I was just like. We picked them though from a list of like, oh, is this really big fan of friends, put like the fu- the funniest episodes on a list. Yeah. 
So this was these were two of the 15 funniest from BuzzFeed. And I was just like, if these are your funniest, I don't know what you guys have been doing for 10 years. <laughs> Ugh, great point. I mean, why? so why do you think people like it? Or was it just that the expectation was different in 1994 when the show started? Definitely the expectations were different. The I, I think, you know, young 20-somethings in New York who form a tight-knit group of friends and go through life together was not a thing yet. That friends sort of pioneered that. And that was just an idea that caught fire. And the actual quality of the show mattered a little less. Yeah, that's actually a good point. Because like, I remember when we did the Cheers episode. I was like, I knew about Cheers, but I had never seen it. But just the same way, like through cultural osmosis. And then you are watching it now, or at least I watched it now. And I was like, eh, this is like, it's, there are parts of it I like, and there are parts of it I, you know, seem a little derivative. And then you're like, oh, no, no, no. But this was the first one that did that. So maybe watching yeah, so Friends it, now as an example, derivative. Right. So as an example, imagine being a fan in 2018 of one of those shows that has the talking head stuff, the way that Parks and Rec does, you yeah. know, where... You know, they'll be interviewing the character in a room by themselves. You know, there's no interviewer, but you but you basically get the interviewee side of it of like, I knew this was going to be tough, but I knew I had to try. Right. Yeah. And then you go back and you've never seen The Office and you watch The Office and you go, oh, well, this just feels like every other. And it's like, well, you don't understand. Like The Office invented this. <laughs> there was right. no pretend thir- fourth wall breaking documentary style sitcom before The Office. Right. It invented a new grammar for for television shows. And so that's what, for, you know, you can watch Friends and you're like, yeah, this like half the sitcoms in the last 20 years have been some variation of this. But yeah, they were the first. Yeah. All right. So maybe I respect that more. I respect them more now than I did five minutes ago. So that's a good hmm. Just for being the first. But it it's hard for me to imagine being like a diehard friends person there and they exist and they like watch through friends on loop as like their sort of like their nightly ritual and i really don't get it i hate the ross rachel relationship i hate it me too it's disgusting i i i know they they broke up and got back together eighteen thousand times they were terrible for each other and they kept just falling back into bed with each other. And like, uh, it was the most toxic BS relationship. And it was, and the network always get, put these promos on TV for like, they've been distant for each other since the start. And now tonight on Friends, these are blah, 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 blah. Well, that's even like, even the f- friends themselves, like you hear... Phoebe say like, oh, it'll, because Ross is like, I don't get it. Why aren't we together? And I'm just like, how? That's a pretty good impression. (laughs) Thank you. 27-ish. 27-ish. I was like, okay, that is hysterical for me to think about, but. Oh, yeah. Have you thought about the fact that we're both older than all the people in the shows we just watched? I just, that kind of blew my mind. And. But he's like moaning about how they're not together, and Phoebe's like, "Oh, it'll happen because you're you guys are meant to be your lobsters, and 
and she's your lobster and lobsters mate for life and they hold claws in like a tank together and it was like it's like kind of a funny visual bit but at the same time it's like you have a a group of friends where one of the friends is basically being serially like followed and like unhealthily kind of I don't want to say stalked but like his behavior is just like not okay and everybody else in the group and she's like no I don't want to be with you and then everybody else in the group is like no 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 it'll happen like don't worry about it to him <laughs> like instead of instead of anyone I mean and maybe this happens at other points because shows like this they go through fluctuations but like you know none of his friends are like maybe you should see someone else or like broaden your horizons a little bit or like maybe the girl who was right for you when you when she was 17 10 years later like isn't the person that you're meant to be with that's a pretty normal thing to be like i understand why you still carry a flame but like maybe it's not worth it but yeah like even it's just like that is the relationship that is held up as one of the most like magical tv relationships and it, I just don't get it at all. And they didn't really have the guts it. to do what Cheers did with Sam and Diane. We learned when we did the Cheers episode is yeah. that, you know, Diane leaves. And at some point she comes back and they kind of mutually come to the understanding that they're not good for each other. And they go their separate ways amicably. And and friends didn't have the guts to do that. I, I think that TV lost a lot of courage in the 90s. You know, we have a lot of there's a lot of groundbreaking shows in the seventies and eighties. And now we're in the quote unquote golden age of television. And there's a lot happening, but the nineties are a bit of a drought. I mean, there is the West wing and I'm sure there's other shows that are good. And I don't mean to besmirch any show in particular. I, I don't, I don't have an encyclopedic knowledge of television, but I mean, for, for whatever friends might be, it ain't brave. There's they, they make zero brave choices. They really do. Yeah. One of the biggest ones being they're in New York City and there's nobody black on the show. There's nobody Latino on the show. I think there's show. one black person once. I, I once watched someone actually, maybe I can post this link. So, someone did a music video detailing every black character that ever appeared in Friends. And it was, you know, it was like two minutes long or something. Yeah. So. Ten years. You know. Ten years. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Like, they didn't have necessarily the bravery story-wise to say, like, we're not meant to be together. So we know we've gone back and forth and we, we've we had this, like, tempestuous relationship. But, like, maybe that means that... Maybe that doesn't mean that we're ultimately meant to be together. Maybe it means that we're not meant to be together because if we were meant to be together, maybe it would have clicked by now, which is kind of the uh, point yeah. that Diane makes. Right. Love is work, but it's not supposed to be such hard work. <laughs> right. I mean, and and this is also kind of the same thing that I said about Cheers, that I understand from a storytelling point of view that you have to have tension. But at a certain point, I understand it more in, like, the workplace. Like, I am, you know, Jim and Pam is a good example. Or, like, as I was telling you before Les- we started. Leslie and Ben? Oh, Leslie okay. and Ben. Or um, on Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Amy and uh, Jake. Like, I understand there being some more tension there because you have to work with this person. Sometimes there's reporting issues or whatever. Sam and Diane have that a little bit, too. But, like, if you're just all friends, like, 
I don't know, man. I don't really understand what's stopping him from being like, look, I feel this way about you. And because they're all supposed to be like, the show ran for 10 years. What are you supposed to be? If I had somebody that I had been pining for since I was 17 years old and I'm 30 now and I'm still running around being like, I don't know. Does he like me? Should I go out with him? Should I kiss him? What should I do? I think you would rightfully punch me in the face. I don't know. I I mean, we'd have to, I I might have to send you to some sort of retreat or something. Yeah. Like I, I, that just might be me, but there's a point at which I'm like, I understand drama, but I also understand at a certain point, at a certain age and maturity level, just like saying what you want or getting over it brought to you by someone who's currently single. Uh, (laughs) That, that like (laughs) pearl of relationship advice. But it's often the case that like for these kinds of shows, like the B relationships get to be a lot more stable, you know? Right. So Monica and Chandler were a pretty staid married couple at some point. Yeah. Yeah. Like I think them getting together was a little like, dramatic but then once they were together it was like we're together right there's there's no like breaking up or doing this and the same thing with how i met your mother lily and marshall they break up once very early on in the show but after that they are together and they're married and they have kids and they are they are still allowed what i like about that show is that they're still allowed to like have full characters and full lives and adventures together like marriage isn't like a uh a death sentence in terms of what their plot points are but you, you see the same thing on scrubs right like jd is always the one who's pining after elliot or some other girl and then um carla and jd get to be the stable married couple so carla you and see Turk. that yes sorry that's what i meant so i guess you see that a lot but at a certain point man ross is just like I don't understand what we're supposed to like about him. Like why we're supposed to root for him. I just don't get it. I mean, I guess he's divorced. If he has a kid. Yeah. His wife and maybe was, was a lesbian, goes, right? Was that the... Right, 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 right. Elliot Gould said something insensitive about lesbians. Chandler's dad, who is gay, gets made fun of a little bit as well. Yeah. It's fun times. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean... I think the, the, the sum number of minutes that we see Ross actually being a father in 10 years maybe is like 100 minutes total. And that <laughs> it might be overestimating it. Yeah. I mean, and even if that was a plot point, like, I mean, and maybe it is, I don't know. But even if it was a plot point of like, look, I have this other arrangement and this other kind of family and I want to be sure about somebody before I bring them over to like meet my kid. But he doesn't seem, doesn't seem like a, having a kid is like a big deal to him it's like it like ain't no thing he's just around anyway can i ask a very important question that i forgot to ask while i was in the middle of doing the recap of season of the of the second episode yes what day of the week is this supposed to be oh i saw that Phoebe in your notes i have no is idea at a fertility clinic which would imply that it's a weekday meanwhile the other five of them we get we get a time we get we get a timestamp. She's up at six. She comes back with her shopping at eight a.m. and then everything proceeds from there. All five of them in this apartment, eight a.m. on a apparent 
weekday. They all called in sick. What? <laughs> what? Okay, Monica is a chef. Maybe she works nights. Rachel is, I don't know if she's still a waitress, but let's say she is. Maybe she works nights. Joey maybe doesn't have a, a shoot. But, like, Ross and Chandler should be at the office. I don't know, guys. <laughs> You're right. I Like, this is how, like, a nerd to the stuff I am. I just don't even think about it. I just don't even think about it. I'm just like, yeah, sure, they're all home. They're all home, and they all take, like, great joy in... Like, I've been friends with some of my friends for... My whole life, 15 years, 10 years, nobody has ever done like, well, I know you better than you know me, blah, blah, blah. Let's all, you know, I don't know. Maybe I just don't have that kind of friend group dynamic, but. Well, do you have a male friend who keeps track of when your period is? I used to live with a male friend who would know when my period was because I, you know, lived with him. But he didn't. Okay, he I guess that's a yes. He didn't. He didn't creepily keep track of it. He wasn't like, oh, it's the third Wednesday of the month. Hello, because that was gross. <laughs> that was a little funny, but I was also like, how would you? Why would you know that? Yeah, it's gross. right. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, under what circumstances does Joey know that information? That that's the question for the ages. <laughs> I mean, is he going is through her trash? This is before smartphones, so he can't be, like, using one of those fertility apps. <laughs> so nope. like, he's physically writing it down in, like, a calendar somewhere. <laughs> oh. I mean, first he's to figure out the length of her... Like, I can't. Okay? I can't with this. <laughs> Do we... Is there any... Are we gonna... No, I, I want to be done with this. Um, okay, are we... Do we... Do we know what we're gonna do next week? Do you want to do Frasier? Sure. Well, baby, I hear the blues are calling to salad and scramble. I still have no idea what this song means, by the way. <laughs> oh, maybe I seem maybe a, I seem a, a bit, bit confused. confused. Well, oh, maybe. <laughs> I got you pegged. You got me pegged. Somebody's got somebody pegged. But I don't know what to do with the salad and scramble. They're calling again. That was also... Okay, Kelsey Grammer, whatever you say. <laughs> so for all the listeners out there who are still listening, <laughs> hello, thank you for bearing with us. One of your podcast hosts has been dealing with really debilitating back spasms this week. <laughs> and so the minute I get home, I've just been like turning on television and I started watching like a mediocre procedural like crime procedural, but then it got too upsetting and I was just like I can't. And so in order to come off of the upsetting crime procedural i started watching fraser <laughs> again oh you did oh yeah it is you know what you know why i like it i mean we can get into it more when we cover it because meg my best friend meg her favorite show is fraser and i kind of asked really? her why <laughs> yes yeah she what? knows she is we should like see if we could have her like call in as a guest for our fraser episode because she knows Frasier inside and out. She has seen every episode. She has them on DVD. Like, she knows every... Like, I told her I hurt my back, and she's like, oh, there's an episode of Frasier where Frasier hurts his back. You should watch that one. And I did. Like, it's... <laughs> it's happening. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> um, but, I, but like, I said to her at one point, I kind of know why you... I get why you like Frasier, because every episode is just some 
completely low stakes misunderstanding <laughs> that gets resolved by the end of the episode and like that's it and it's always over something fairly dumb i mean when you get into relationship stuff a little bit less but you know most of it's like oh speaking of deadbeat dads i think uh, ross and fraser could give each other a run for their money yeah, I mean, Fraser lives on the other side of the country from his kid, which is arguably, like, not the best parenting decision, but... He had to go. He was offered a job in the radio. Oh, I thought it was more to be closer to his I dad. have no idea. I'm not Meg. I don't have Fraser memorized. <laughs> we should watch an episode with B.B. Newirth, because I freaking love her. Oh, she's hysterical. God, she's magnificent. She, yeah, she's great. So, yeah, I mean, I would I would be delighted to do Fraser because... Uh, Did you know I'd they watch... all hated that dog? Oh, really? I think I, think I, I remember that. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Um, John Mahoney, man. R.I.P. John Mahoney. He's a legend, John Mahoney. And and actually, you know, Kelsey Grammer is in a new Netflix movie with uh, Kristen Bell. So, Chris- Yeah, the reviews are not good. But it doesn't if we ever decide good. to do... Yeah, no. If we ever decide to do Kristen Bell month, though, I think we should watch it, probably. Yeah. And enjoy how bad it is. Yeah. Um, well, it's Kristen Bell, so at mm-hmm. least she's a delight, even if everything else is terrible. And David Hyde Pierce, you know, it's a good cast. I don't know. So yeah, I would love to do Frasier. That sounds great. Thursdays of Future Past. And I don't know what to do with those docile scrambled eggs. They're again. I can ask. I can ask Meg which two episodes she thinks I have one in mind oh you I do? have one okay. in mind yeah I'll I'll, I'll okay. run it past Meg <laughs> okay <laughs> the arbiter oh of god. all things Frasier oh my god she would be delighted she would be delighted <laughs> any final parting thoughts for friends <sighs> no forget this show I never want to see it again all right well that's the last word from Miss Chenandler Bong so <laughs> see that is fun to say yeah okay all right until next time i'll be there for you and you'll be there for me too we will see you next time ding dongs <laughs>